a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds. With the right plan and mindset, anything is possible. I'm Jennifer John, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to today's show of the Happy Productive Podcast. I am here with Itikin. He is the founder and CEO of Jotform. Now, I don't know about you guys, but we use Jotform in our business. And so I'm sure a lot of you guys do too. Jotform is a leading online form and productivity software used by 18 million business owners, creators, and individuals. Itikin is a productivity and automation expert, and he has also recently authored a book, Automate Your Busy Work. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Great to be on your show, Jennifer. Thank you so much. So would you mind just taking a quick minute and just tell us a little bit about your journey with Jotform? Like, how did you come up with this idea? How did you grow the software to so many users? I'd love to just hear, hear it directly from you. Sure. So I started Jotform 17 years ago. It's a, it's a very long time ago. <laughs> and before Jotform, I was working for a media company in New York. And one of my duties was to create forms. Like we had like over 100 websites. And uh, I was creating all these forms, like, you know, contact forms, registration forms, polls, surveys, you know, payment forms, things like that. And I actually didn't like it much. Like I, I wanted to, and I was a developer, I was a programmer and uh, I didn't like it much. And I wanted to find a way to like use a product so that I don't have to do it myself. And I looked for one and I couldn't find a good one. And, you know, I thought that maybe if I, you know, I, if I start my company one day, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and, uh, and I was there for five years. And after that, I really did that. I quit my job. The next day, I started working on Jotform. And 2006, I, I released the first version of Jotform. And rest is the history. And we did not only help people automate their forms, but one of our you know biggest goals is help people automate the rest as well. Like Because people don't, don't create forms just to create forms, just to collect data. They create forms so that they they can do the other things uh like you know if this is like a registration for forms for something someone is registering and then something else happens right there's a schedule there's uh you know the data needs to be sent by email the information like maybe you need to generate documents like create pdf documents from them you need to create like you know workflows approvals you know we released Jotform sign recently. Maybe you need to sign documents after you fill the form. So you have to do all these different things. So we are not just automating the forms in the first step, but we are also helping uh, helping people automate the rest of the way. And I've been helping like so many people. So it's like we have like 20 million users and I have been helping so many people automate things. That's how I started Jotform. And 
Yeah. And that's also kind of related to the book. Uh, maybe I can also talk about that. Yes, I de- you... we're definitely going to talk yeah. about the book because this is, I feel like this is where I'm at in my life that I have got to automate <laughs> more and more and more. And I've always been a big fan of technology. I had two software companies myself. And so I know the ups and downs that, you know, software can bring. And so I'm always fascinated by this. We're going to dive into the book. But first, I would love to ask you, like, were there times when you were growing JotForm that you felt like, I just want to give up, this is a lot harder than it, it should be? Or like, what helped you like, or if you wouldn't mind just sharing one of those stories about a time when you're like, ah, I want to, I don't want to do this anymore, or that you were really frustrated or burned out or something like that. And then and share like, how did you move through that to get to 20 million users? Yeah, it actually happens a lot. Like, and I know a lot of uh, startup founders. I know people who have like big or small companies, and you know we all have that the same thing. Like, we have ups and downs. And when it's down, it's it feels like the end of the world. It feels like you know you want to give up. Why? Why do I have to do that? Like, you know, I could be an employee and like receive a salary and then you know not care about it. But for me, the the ups are ups have been like much bigger and. Uh, so it's the downs never really kind of like changed my mind. And I really cared about like really cared about my happiness, you know, keeping my head happy, you know, keeping, keeping it sane, taking a lot of vacations. You know, I never worked weekends. I never worked uh, weekends, even in the beginning of the, when I started JotForm. And like today I have like three kids. And, uh, you know, every morning I, I put them to the bus to take them to the school. When they come back, I, I, I get them from the bus. And then, you know, I will every weekend I take them to like basketball and I spend time with them, playing with them. And it's just those times are kind of like that's when I actually, you know, get rid of that that stress. Uh, so I think it's very important that you don't put everything in like in your business. Like you have to have like a life as well and it's actually hard like having three kids and uh i'm home because like uh, my third kid is actually a baby like four months old so i'm at home uh since she was born so i have two boys and now a girl and i've been home uh during this time helping my wife and this actually this was great because i was spending more more and more time with my family so i think it's it's really important that you know we have a life outside of the work so that, you know, if when things get worse, like if when things are bad with business, I can always, you know, count on my, you know, home life so I can forget about it a little bit. And then when I come back fresh, I actually have better ideas. Like I also like, hey, it's not that bad. Like I was thinking it was really bad, maybe on Friday and on Monday when I'm back, it's, it feels like, you know, it's not that bad and everything, everything has a solution. And also... I always had this bootstrapper mindset. Like I never received any funding. I never received any debt. So I always like from the beginning, I always have this idea that I will hire someone if I have like the one year salary for that person. So I always kept it safe. That's why like I feel, I don't feel bad about it. Even if it's downturn, even if, even if like business seems like, you know, things are going to get worse, you know, there, there is a recession coming, you know, people talk about that. But because I have this, you know, long-term view and because I don't overextend myself, 
I don't have to feel that much stress. Like, you know, in good times, we hire faster, we have more expenses, we advertise more. And when things are not, not that good, like we slow down our hiring, we cut down our expenses. So we, as long as like we are aware of like how things are going and every month I check like how much we earned and how much we spent. And then it's, it always has to be on the green. Like, you know, we always have to earn more than we spend. As a bootstrapper, you have to do that. Like you cannot just, you know, get millions of dollars and then, you know, forget about that. And that actually meant that slow growth for us. And we have been, you know, growing slowly, but I think it's, it's good. It's more healthy mm-hmm. and uh, it's been 17 years. So it's, it's been a long time, but, you know, I, I enjoy it. I still enjoy the, the work. I still don't have a second product like, you know, Jotform. I remember like even 10 years ago, you know, someone employee coming to Jotform and saying, hey, are we going to build a second product? No, I was saying like, you know, we haven't solved the problems of our existing users. Like they need this and th- that. And that continued uh, and that never ended. And we still continue to solve problems for our customers. And I think it will it will continue for a long time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You said so many good things. <laughs> so many good things. And for <laughs> those of you guys who are listening, a couple of the things that really, re- really resonated with me is that while you were growing this company, you did not work weekends. I know right now there are people listening who are growing their business right now and they are working weekends and they are working seven days a week. And so I would love, because I really want them to hear this because the ability to step away from a problem and come back to it, like you said, where on Friday, it seems like, oh my gosh, this is huge, but you take the weekend off, you come back on Monday and you're like, okay, wait a second, I've got this, it's okay. That is so powerful to be able to do that. And when you're working seven days a week, you really kind of lose that ability. So what was the mindset behind or the decision that you made of just, I'm I'm not working weekends because you just set such a healthy boundary for yourself. And so was that an easy boundary to set? Did you have to work at it a little bit? You know, talk to me a little bit about how that looked. Yeah, I think it has to do with why I started uh, my own company. I did that because I really value in freedom. Like I didn't, you know, start a just form so that, you know, I can build myself a prison or like, uh, you know, just, you know, get stuck with it, you know, just spend my whole life doing the same thing. I start because, you know, I really love product mindset. Like I really have this, uh, I love building a product. I love seeing people use my product. That's like my biggest passion. But I also value freedom. Like, you know, I also value that I am independent. I'm free to work on what I want. And if I was like working like 24, 7, you know, weekends, then I wouldn't be doing that. Like I would be losing the personal freedom as well. And uh, it was very important for me to have that in my personal life as well. And because of that, I always had kept that mindset. The other thing is like, I have been always uh, have this long vision. Like when I first started Jotform in 2006, it was all free. Like we don't have a paid version, but because my, my first goal was to make sure that we have a good product, people use it and we solve all the problems. And it was me, I say we, but in the first year I hired my first employee and the second year, second employee, uh, we, we continued like that. But for the first year, I was the, first employee, first uh, person, and then there was one employee, but it was all free. And I had this long-term goal, like, you know, 
we are going to build this great product and then everything will take care of itself. And th- that belief really worked out for me. To be able to do that, I think it was important for me to have that life balance, to have that long-term vision. Like, you know, many people talk about, okay, we are going to work for three years, the Y Combinator mindset, right? Like Paul Graham's articles talk about like, like startups about like compressing your business life into like five years so that you start a startup and then you sell it for millions of dollars mm-hmm. and then you are free. But what do you do after that? Like, right? You're going to get bored. You know, time to time I take a long vacations. Like one summer, my wife and I, like we just traveled Europe for three months. And at the end of three months, I was like, I'm so bored. Like this is the same thing. Like, you know, museum. it was so great. <laughs> Definitely. It was great. You know, I appreciate it, but three months was like, uh, like too much. Uh, you know, at some point, what I like about business is like, there's always like next problem. There's always the next challenge and you're always, you know, improving, growing the company, growing our product. It's just like, if you're just sitting like, you know, retired, you know, early retired, I think early retiring is like too much. Maybe after some age, uh, I think it's, it's a good idea to relax and, you know, but you don't want to do that, I think, in your early age. Just you have just so much to give to the world. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's why, you know, I'm just taking it slowly. Yeah. And it worked well for me. Yeah, it's worked out really well for you. And I love that what you said in the beginning about wanting the freedom and that you didn't want the business to be a prison. Like that's a really strong, powerful analogy because I know right now there's some people listening who probably feel like their businesses are starting to feel like a prison that they've built themselves into. And so when you're when you're listening, I really want you to, to hear this and know that you get a choice in how you build your business you get to decide if you're going to build yourself a prison or build yourself um, an avenue for you to be creative and run your own show and do things that you want the, the way that you want to do them. So I, that's really powerful. And I'm with you, like, maybe someday I'll sell my business. I don't know. And I know that there are people out there and there's nothing wrong with it who want to grow a business and sell it quickly. And that's fantastic. I don't want to sell my business anytime soon, but I look at my business as like when you're, when you want to sell a house and you want to sell your house. And so you go in and you fix everything up and you make it really nice. And then you're like, well, maybe I don't want to sell the house because it's really nice right now. So you might as well just like fix up the house and live in it (laughs) and really love it and appreciate it. And then down the road, if you're like, yeah, you want to sell, great. It's it's ready to sell. But if you don't want to sell it, you can actually really appreciate it because it's a very different mindset when you grow your business with the, I'm going to sell this one day versus I'm kind of building myself or I've created a job for myself or I've basically created a prison for myself. Um, it can go in a lot of different ways there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually why I kind of uh, went into automation a little bit. So a few years into JotForm, like it was like three or four years uh, after I started JotForm, it kind of a little bit turned into a prison, like because I was spending all my time with busy work. Like I was spending morning to night, like in emails, uh, like all my day was in e- emails. I was doing like I was a business owner. I had like three, four employees, and uh, I was doing accounting, legal, HR, you know, ordering supplies for the office. It was kind of I was like a slave to the to the business, and I wasn't spending my time on the product. And, you know, I wasn't really 
excited about thing, how things turned out. Like I started uh, my own business because, you know, I really valued freedom. I want to build my own product, you know, just take the direction I want. But now I was like, spend all my time with this busy work, like so much busy work. Right at this moment, like something else happened. A competitor showed up and Google came out with Google Forms and a big company just uh, came into the ring and like now I have to compete with Google and I'm not even spending my time well in my product. So this was a turning moment for me. And I decided, okay, I'm going to spend, and I have been helping people automate things. Like we help people automate things with forms. And then after that, they do a lot of, like forms are the first step of the journey. And during that journey, like we help them automate many things. And here I am. I'm doing everything manually. Like I'm helping people automate things. I'm doing everything manually. And that was a turning moment for me. And I decided, okay, we are going to start using automation. Like we are going to automate everything as much as possible so that, you know, we can actually spend our time on the important things. And the biggest one was like spend our time improving our product, you know, growing our product, getting more people to use our product, but, you know, having a greater product. And that really made a big difference when I started automated things. I started with the emails, you know, instead of spending like almost my all my day with emails, I was able to reduce that to two hours. And I can talk about how I did that. Uh, like go, I can go into the details. I started automating everything else in my, you know, business, you know, all those accounting, legal, HR, yeah. you know, onboarding employees, things like that, you know. And that really made a difference. And that's, that's one, one, I think one of the biggest reasons Jotform is so successful today because we were able to spend our time on, I was able to spend uh, my time on our product yeah. as opposed to all those busy work. That's why I decided to write the book as well. And that's why, that's, you know, we have so many automation fe- features. Yeah, that was uh, my question because it seemed like that would be the natural <laughs> progression of to why you wrote your book. But okay, first I have to say, when Google comes into your space like did you not have like a heart attack because seriously like if if tomorrow google (laughs) came into my space it would be very difficult not to just be like oh we're done right when a major player like that comes into your space so i'm just curious like when that happened like was there a moment of panic or was it like i got this like how did you really feel when that happened (laughs) I think I, I felt really, you know, uh, bad because I knew that, like, if I have to compete with Google, I have to get really better. Like, mm. I have to really put things in order and I have to really improve my product. And if I continue like this, this product is going to get old and this product is going to get, we are not going to be able to compete with Google. And Google has, like, so many users and they they, are, they put their product within Google Drive, which is, you know, Hundreds of millions of people use that. And so we, if we have to compete with them, like we have to be, get so good, like 10 times better so that, you know, people prefer us. Ah. I think that that actually helped me because that, that helped me focus on the product, uh, make our product better. And, uh, I, I think that was a good challenge. Yeah. Stress is like the, you know, uh, is the bad word, right? Like we are always stressed. But if you can put that stress or the, that challenge into some 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 good goal, like if you can really get determined, mm-hmm. let's say you are an underdog team and you're playing against a, like a you know a champion, right? It's actually 
you have so much more to gain. And that, you know, that team, you know, can see you as like a, you know, small team, you know, they, they don't worry about you, but you, you put all your energies there. Like you put all your focus to beating them. I feel like that's like that, you know, being an under, underdog is sometimes a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it helps you become more motivated. Yeah. And uh, I think that was the case. So maybe, you know, I panicked for a day, but, you know, the next day, I was, work. you know, really focused on uh, putting things or, in order. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, you guys. So the book is called Automate Your Busy Work. I have to hear, how did you tame the email inbox? I feel like my email is like the bane of my existence. And honestly, if all I did eight hours a day was sit and just answer emails, it just feels like that could literally be a full-time job. So and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are listening who feel the same. So how did you do it? How did you tame? How did you automate? How did you do this with your email inbox? Yeah. An average office worker today receives 175 emails a day. I read it somewhere. I don't remember the actual uh, study. And, uh, and you know, we entrepreneurs, we receive like hundreds of emails every day. Yeah. And I was also doing that. And the reason I was spending so much time in emails was because we have inboxes and inboxes are all full of things and we have to review them. We have to find the most important emails. Like we have to make sure that we take care of them. We have to make sure we don't lose them. And inbox zero is great, uh, but it it's not enough. Like you, you are spending, you are still spending so much time on emails, even with inbox zero, like keeping your inbox empty. Now that you are spending all your day cleaning up your inbox, so I first had this like vision that what if like, instead of seeing my emails, like my email inbox by time, like, you know, instead of seeing in the time order, what if I, if I could see my emails in priority order? Mm -hmm. So the top priority email is at the top. The email that you don't care about is at the bottom. Like if you receive a spam, it goes to the bottom. And if my wife emails me or if our VP of HR emails me, emails me that's at the top, right? So it's, I had this vision that if I could have this priority-based inbox, and Gmail has this priority inbox feature, it never works. I never heard anybody, I never heard anybody say that it works. And I couldn't make it work, so it, that that's not a solution. So I started trying all these different products. Like I went to this product that says like you know we are using AI, doesn't work, doesn't do that. Like I tried like ten different products, and at then I said. While I was trying them, I, I actually figured out like exactly what I needed. And then, okay, I thought, hey, I don't actually need to go anywhere. Like Gmail actually has all the features I need. So I only needed two features, the labels on Gmails and the uh, filters. So what I did was I created three labels, uh, level one, level two, and level three. And I started creating these filters. So if EP of HR emails me, it goes to level one. The publisher of my book is uh, Wiley, for example. I set up that uh, filter for them as well. Like if someone from Wiley.com emails me, it goes to my level one. So it's just very easy to build these filters on Gmail. Just they have like so much advanced capabilities. Like you can even like use brackets and things like that. So, you, you know, you have so much features there. And I was thinking maybe I could use like apps, app script. Uh, Gmail has this like coding platform where you can actually do that. And I never needed that because the filters are so powerful. And I did that for level one is like the top priority email. Like, 
And the second level was for me, if someone sent me a direct email, that costs my level two. People I know, if, if someone I know sends me a direct email, that costs my level two. And I built that as well using filters. And level three was like the other emails that I care about, like the newsletters I follow or reports I receive within the company, or like if there is an email thread where I'm part of. So level three is about just just uh, reading, uh, not no action. Level one and level two is more about like if I have to get back to them. And everything else just drops down to the default inbox, which I don't look. So here, here's the big one. Here's the big step. I don't go to my Gmail inbox directly. Instead, uh, I have these bookmark, bookmarks on my browser. So when I'm ready to uh, look at my emails, and I, I never look at my emails in the morning, you know, my mornings are for the deep work. Mm. I, I start looking at them afternoon, but I will just click on level one and then I will see the top priority email. Let's say I'm between meetings, I have 10 minutes, I will just click on level one and I will process those emails, like reply to them and make sure that there's nothing important. And then once I clean level one, I go to, I click on the level two uh, bookmark and then I process it as well. And that's how I do. And I will only look at my inbox. I will only clean my inbox like time to time, like once a month. You know, I still have to do that because sometimes a fil- filters doesn't catch something. So I create a new uh, filter for that. But other than that, it's just full of like, you know, sales or like spam emails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this this really worked for me. And, and this allows me to just look at the important email first and then... I look at my uh, level one every day, of course. Level two, you know, if I'm not busy every day, and a level three once a week, and that that allows me to not just save time, but also keep it sane. Like, I, you know, I don't have have to worry about if I miss something, if I miss an important email. So it's all there, and uh, yeah, this worked great for me. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. And so helping people to automate all their busy work, obviously, you wrote a book about it. And so talk to me just a little bit about the book itself. And like, what is it going to help business owners to do? Yeah, I think it's it's going to be very useful. And I just released the book a month ago. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's doing well. When it's released, we were on Wall Street Journal's bestseller list. Like we, we were like third that week, and then we, we continue to be in the list. And uh, it's going well so far, and I'm receiving good response about the book. But I think the, the main idea is that we are spending so much time with busy work. Like, we are all drowning in busy work. And uh, the big problem is the priority, just like the emails. Like, we have this priority pro- problem everywhere, not just in emails. Everything we do has this priority problem. And one of the advice I have in the book is, something called time audit. So you could use like your phone's alarm to, you know, remind you every hour so that like you can do this for a week. Every top of the hour, make a note, like how did you spend your time? Like what did you do during the last hour? And at the end of the week, you can total them up and uh, ask yourself two questions. What should I spend my time on and what should I spend my time on? And the second question is more important. Like when you look at your week, did you did you actually like if you put it on a spreadsheet, maybe you can you can make things that you shouldn't be spending your time on red and then the the the, the hours that were really important work like deep work and really creative work or the the work that really makes difference, 
you can make them green. Mm-hmm. Like, is it all green? Is it all red? For most people, it's mostly mostly red. And because we are spending so much time on busy work, and that's where we need to start automating things. And I think it's important that in the beginning we figure out like how we are spending our time on, like what we are spending our time on, so that we can find ways to automate them. And even if you are not going to automate them, if you did this exercise, like, you know, knowing like what you are spending your time on is is really useful exercise so that you can actually, you know, even if you automate, you don't automate them, maybe you will decide that, hey, I'm going to batch this. Like, I'm going to just do this once a week. I'm not going to automate it, but I'm going to do it all together so that I don't spend so much time on it. So you can make decisions like that if you start like auditing your work. And I call this, like, uh, talk about this on the divide and conquer chapter. So, like, there are three three steps in this, the automation flywheel uh, framework I talk about in the book. And the first one is divide and conquer. And during this time, you figure out how you are spending your time on, what kind of workflows you have. Because most of the time, like, we are not doing one-time tasks. Like, we are actually doing workflows. We are spending mm-hmm. our ta- time on workflows. Like, so... We have to wait for a client to send an answer. Like workflow can include like multiple steps and you cannot just finish them at once uh, many times. Like you have to, you know, maybe send an email, send a reminder, receive something from a customer. So it's just, it gets very complex and it becomes really harder to automate them. But you will find that once you actually put those workflows on paper, if you can just draw them and I describe how to draw those workflow diagrams in the book and it's very easy actually you don't actually need you know the book you can just anybody can do flowcharts it's basic flowcharts mm-hmm. if you can just draw like what kind of workflows you have and how you spend your time on that's also a great exercise because you know how you spend your time mm-hmm. so the, the first step is divide and conquer you figure out like what's happening like what kind of workflows you have mm-hmm. the second step is design and implement which is like you're designing your automations, you're designing and streamlining your work, and then you're implementing your automations. During this step, you figured out like how you spend your time on, you're trying to find solutions. Mm-hmm. An hour of automations can save you a year of work. If you spend your time really automating things, uh, you're going to get like, it's like compound interest. I know that it's just hard to, it's hard to automate things because you, you say like, Hey, I've been doing this by myself. It's I'm fine. Right. Uh, you know, I can do this uh, myself. It takes me like a couple of minutes. Yeah. You know, but maybe you do that couple of minutes, you know, 10 times every day. 10 times every day, <laughs> times every day. I know. But I the, know. The worst part is it's not just like the time. It's also the focus and the energy. Like that's right. You're spending your focus on things that doesn't matter. Yep. While the important things are like there waiting for you. Yeah. And the important things like deep work, deep work requires like attention. Like you cannot decide, okay, I'm going to do deep work. And at the same time, like I'm going to send a, you know, answer a call every, you know, 15 minutes. It doesn't work. Like you, you have to time box it. You have to put your time so that like you can do creative work. You can work on a strategy for your business. Maybe, maybe, you, you know, you can improve your product. You can improve your service. You can document uh, something in your business. All these things, like all these deep work requires attention. And if you are just 
you know, losing your attention to this, all these, like, even if they are small, like they, they interrupt you, they interrupt your, right. uh, your work, your deep work. Right. And that's why it's important that you decide like what you shouldn't be spending your time on. And you, you first automate those things. You put the time to automate those things. And there are solutions. There are lots of solutions. We are living in this age of automation. Whatever you, you spend your time on, I recommend that you go to like g2.com and you find the category about the things you do. Let's say, you know, you're actually spending a lot of time with calendaring, right? And in this age, I don't think anybody should be like manually scheduling anything because we have like so many calendaring tools that, that they can handle everything. So you go to g2.com and you, I recommend that you, you, don't, you don't even have to read the products. You read the reviews of the products and, and read how people use that product. And that's, that's going to tell you a lot about, and that's going to actually give you more ideas. And uh, many times we are startup founders, we are bootstrappers, like we have, we are low on cash. You know, I don't want to give like $10 or $20 a month on something that I can do myself. But here's the thing that 10 or $20 is actually taking away so much of your time right. and attention that you can, you can put things, uh, more important things in order. Yeah. And many times like products are free, like Jotform is free for if you receive uh, less than 100 submissions per month. Yeah. Just form is free. And uh, if you need to automate, for example, let's say you want to get feedback from your clients or, or your employees, that uh, you can just create a just form form. And yeah. you know, you're not going to receive more than 100 submissions a month. And it's going to be for, all free for you. Yeah. So a lot of products are like this. Uh, and this is called like no code products like just form that allow you to build things yourself uh, that are flexible and I think we are in the middle of these uh, three revolutions. The first one is software is eating the world. And this, this was said by um, is Andersen, right? Andersen? Uh-huh. Yeah. It was more than a decade ago. Uh-huh. And, and he said that like everything is turning into software. Mm-hmm. Like, in the past, we would go to a travel agent and we would you know, tell them, okay, I want to go to a warm place. But today you have the freedom to research your own you know, vacation, decide what you're going to do. And then like, you know, this actually gives us so much more power uh, because uh, we can do everything ourselves on the internet. Yeah. Uh, And it's just democratic. This is great for uh, small businesses because Mm -hmm. in the past you couldn't do many things, but today you can do them because uh, they're available. Like, yeah. The second revolution is the no code revolution. Products like Jotform, like they, they were on clouds. They have free versions or like they're low cost in the past, like big companies like SAP. Big companies could uh, could buy SAP and then they could automate everything. Yep. But uh, small companies didn't have that right. power. Yeah. But today, small companies uh, have all kinds of software products that are available and they are highly customizable. You basically do your own, you know, you build your own mm-hmm. solutions using their products, their flexibility, just like what I did with Gmail, like with customizing the Gmail mm-hmm. for my needs. All business can also customize all these products and build their own solutions. And the third one is the AI revolution. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's just, you know, coming and that's coming so powerful. Like, and yeah. I think it's going to, you know, make these, like uh, these other revolutions like 10 times more powerful because all these products like Jotform, 
they are going to have they're going to become much more powerful because they include AI in them right. and they're going to become much more flexible. I think this is a great time for small businesses. Like you can automate anything, you can build your own solutions. You just have to take the time. It's just I know it's kind of hard like even for me sometimes like you know I do this I have been doing this for a long time this way, you know, why should I automate it? Right. And it's sometimes hard to learn a new technology. It's confusing, you know, it's risky. Hey, I've been doing this for a long time. You know, I'm going to take a risk. And it, what if it, if it doesn't work out? But right. every time I say that, and when I automate something, you know, I regret why I didn't do that any, you know, any sooner. before. <laughs> yeah. Any sooner, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. There's so many good things, you guys. And I don't know about you, you guys listening, but like, I am so inspired right now to go back, look at my schedule and figure out everywhere that I can automate. I know for me, a big one is I'll just, I'll just do it myself. I'll just do it myself. I find myself saying, and I literally have to remind myself over and over again to make sure I'm always delegating and developing my team. So that way it's not on my plate. But I know some of you listening are falling into that trap as well of just like, oh, it'll just take me a minute. I'll just do it myself. But it's not the minute right now. It's the minute that you have to add up, multiply day after day, month, week, year after year that you are losing when you just, you know, do it yourself instead of automating it or delegating it or developing your people or any of those things. So this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Jennifer, for having me. Yeah. And you guys, if you don't have your copy yet, automate your busy work. That is the book. And I assume can people get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble? Like where can they get the book? Yes, uh, you can get it on Barnes and Noble, Amazon. And I have a website, personal website as well. Uh, my first name, last name.com, itakintank.com. And you can actually, you know, read a free chapter uh, on my website as well. So yeah, I hope that, you know, it helps you uh, automate your business. Oh, fabulous. All right, you guys, we will put the link to the book in the show notes. So if you want to go grab a copy or visit Itikin's website, you can get the free copy or the free chapter of the book, which is super awesome. I'm actually going to go buy my copy right now because I'm like, I know this can help me so much. So thank you again for being here with me today. Great conversation. You guys get the book. If you love it, please leave a review. Anybody who's ever written a book, you know, reviews make a big difference. And so if you love the book, leave a review but don't send an email (laughs) because it probably will get a level three and you're not going to get a response. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's going to get filtered out. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here with me today. You guys get out there and have a happy, productive day. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.
is the She Leads Podcast Network.